Twitchchat.org podcast coming your way. What's up, guys? Steve Sneed here. Rick, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? Q&A, guys. These are all the questions you guys submitted. We got five awesome ones. Let's stop bullshitting. Let's get right to it. The first one is he wants to know why he gets facial bloat on steroids and how to fix it. So this is the beauty part of listening to this podcast, guys. Unlike other, you know, on social media or other podcasts, they just talk about why they get facial bloat. They don't actually get into how to fix it. Um, or they'll talk about just how to fix it, but they won't talk about why you get facial bloat. So one of the main reasons why people get facial bloat on steroids is because many steroids that are out there aromatize into estrogen or they stimulate estrogen receptors or something, something like that. And that causes you know, the facial bloat to just blow up. So one of the best ways that we combat estrogen is by using an aromatized inhibitor such as Aromacin or Arimidex on cycle. Now, if you're using something like Anadrol, which doesn't convert to estrogen, um, but it will still bloat you because it does, you know, stimulate those estrogen receptors, it hits those estrogen receptors. And in that case, some, some little bit of Novodex should work for you. At the end of the day, some people are gonna be more prone to bloat, some people aren't. If you're overweight, um, and you use steroids, you have a high fat percentage, there's a good chance that you're going to blow more than someone who was lean. But that's not necessarily always true. I've seen very, very lean guys bloat quite a bit on steroids. So that water retention kind of gets into the face, very, very obvious. We call that moon face. Um, a lot of people call it the D-bowl face. A lot of people call it the, you know, stuff like that because uh, Diana Bowl, aromatizes so rapidly and so heavily into estrogen that that's that's why a bowl is a classic one for you for um getting facial um bloat now um you know a big problem too is guys overdose on these aromatizing compounds or they'll stack multiple aromatizing compounds i'm not a fan of stacking more than one or two in your cycle um of these aromatizing compounds because you're just multiplying the, the you know, the, the issue. So um, I'm gonna bring in Rick though, um, and give his opinion and how he feels he can do it, including some natural ideas. Yeah, well, uh, those estrogen, high estrogen levels are going to make your face kind of round and puffy. And as we get older too, our facial structure is gonna change. Go look at anybody's, any man's, a picture from when they were in their 20s and then, you know, going into 40s. And your face is just naturally going to start rounding just the way your uh, fat accumulates and differences in in, in hormone levels. Because, uh, you know, we, we do take anti-estrogens and control our estrogen during cycle. But when we're off, most of us are not out there taking anti-ease year, year round. So you, over time, just accumulate that kind of a rounder, grounder, older estrogen look. Look, best thing is control your estrogen. If you uh, could get on a year-round protocol, some guys maybe should after a certain age. And um, I like to put in your hand flame on my on my cheeks, and it makes a huge difference. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I haven't been able to produce the product because of just the complications with making liquids. But whenever we've had it, um, whenever we had it back in stock and, you know, I just put it right 
at the chin. I'll make sure not to get it in my eyes or it's going to be really painful. I probably should, shouldn't even tell anybody to do that, huh? But um, yeah, I use your hand flame on my, on my, uh, just below my, just on my chin and my cheekbones and uh, just make sure not to get it on my eyes. Um, just, you know, wipe it out after a few minutes because if it gets in your eyes, it's going to be painful. It's never happened to me, but I wouldn't advise anybody out there to do it. Um, and that's about it. I mean, just uh, um, another thing that also helps with bloat, uh, if you, for whatever reason, want to feel like you're getting puffy in the face, is uh, Preparation H that you can pick up at any store. It doesn't do anything for long-term uh, fat reduction or long-term fat burning, but it does help uh, to, to dehydrate the face in that area. Um, guys, a lot of guys on forums, um, they'll talk about they had a friend tell them to take diuretics. Uh, guys, these diuretics are, are not a good idea. Um, they're not going to solve the issue and they're going to make the, they're going to make the problem worse in a lot of cases. So don't listen to these people telling you to take diuretics. Uh, you do not want to mess with diuretics, um, for, for bloat at all. All right, guys, next, next question is, um, this guy's saying he's only motivated one on steroids. He feels like he's like gone down a rabbit hole. So let me briefly talk about this. I think a lot of people who have, um, you know, started using steroids when they haven't truly been ready, they get into this rabbit hole because they never put in the work, they never put in the hours naturally. So you know, you can approach it two different ways. You can just start training and then hop on the juice really, really young. And if you do that, it's like giving, you know, someone their first car being a Lamborghini. It's hard to go from a Lamborghini to a Ford. So, you know, so to me, you got to look at the situation that, that got yourself into this. Did you start using steroids too soon? Did you start using steroids too young? Did you put in really put in the hours? I think if you look at that, you'll kind of figure out that, yeah, I uh, don't really like lifting weights naturally. I don't like lifting weights, but I like lifting weights on steroids. There's, there's two different things. Because when you're on steroids and you lift weights, you get results a lot quicker, you get stronger, a lot stronger, you know, um, your muscles get harder, you get more vascularity, all that good stuff. So you kind of spoil yourself. It's like giving your son a really nice car, like a Lamborghini, like I said, um, he's not going to want to go back to driving a Ford because he's only known a Lamborghini the whole time. So I think that's, that's probably what's going on. And I'm not really sure how you can fix that besides really, really just being disciplined and saying, you know what, I'm just going to lift naturally and kind of build a base and then use steroids later on as icing on the cake. What do, you, what do you think about this one, Rick? You have to be disciplined for when motivation is not kind of there. You know, you won't always feel like going in and, and doing all of the, all of the work, but you just have to have discipline, uh, have already mapped out what your goal for the week is, what kind of workout you want to get in, what kind of sets, uh, what kind of weights you want to put up and just stick to it. And if you worry about the performance of the exercise, 
just having good form, doing your whole workout. Um, if you just worry about those things and having that discipline, then you'll be fine, you know, because sometimes you could be on steroids and still not be motivated because life just happens. You know, things just happen. So regardless of, of quote unquote motivation, you just need to stick to the plan. You need to stick to the program. You need to have your training laid out, your eating, everything, and you just stick to it. So whenever motivation is a lacking, uh, discipline is always there. And discipline is real easy because all you need to do to have discipline is just fucking do it. Get off your ass and do it. Look at your, at your journal, look at what you need to accomplish and go do it. So th that's the only thing I could say. I mean, um, worry, worry more about the actual working out and performing of the exercises than you do maybe about aesthetics. Maybe you're not as motivated because when you're on steroids, you look big and puffy and veiny all the time. And then when you're not on steroids, you don't look as good. So maybe you don't feel as good about it. I don't, I don't know. But just worry about being able to put the weight up. Worry about finishing your exercise, feeling good, feeling um, all of your joints healthy. And, and just have that discipline when, when motivation is not, not there. When you're not on the steroids and, and don't feel like ripping everybody's head off, just go in there and get your work done. Yeah, this is an interesting topic. We'll definitely have to uh, get back to this one in a later podcast. Next one, guys, is uh, this guy saying he lost 15 pounds on a calorie deficit diet, but now his weight loss has stopped entirely. So this one, you know, this, this is a mess, guys. Um, you know, what we see is an epidemic today with guys trying to copy uh, what the pros are doing or what competitors do. And competitors, yes, they do uh, – they do adjust their macros, they adjust their calories, they have the off-season, they have the in-season, they're competing for a show, they'll drop their calories, they'll drop this, they'll drop that, they'll drop their carbs, and then after the show, they'll get their calories back up, and during the off-season, they'll put on 20, 30 pounds, blah, blah, blah. Guys, stop worrying about what they do. You are not them. These calorie deficit diets, okay, are not something an average Joe needs to be messing with. What happens is when you eat in a calorie deficit, your metabolic rate drops. So your metabolism slows down. So initially, yes, you will lose weight if you were standing before, got, fell off the wagon, okay, started eating shitty, started eating too much, and then you went back to eating better, you will, you will lose like this guy did about, you know, whatever, 10, 15, 20 pounds, whatever. But eventually you're going to reach that homeostasis where your, your weight's not going to come off anymore. So you were say 17% body fat before you ballooned up to 25% body fat. And then now you're back down to like 19% body fat and you can't drop anymore, even though you're eating in a deficit. Well, it's because you, you crashed your metabolism when you did that. So the good thing here is that when you fast, you do, you do a water fast, your metabolic rate actually does not drop. So you get the benefits of that fat loss without disturbing your metabolism. And this, guys, there's scientific evidence to back this up. You can, you can get some of Jason Fung's books. He's got actual human studies on this. It's well-documented that this is the case. So that's why water fasting is the answer. 
If you want to break through a plateau like that, water fasting is the answer because you're not going to disturb your metabolism. And obviously your body's going to go more into fat burning mode. I don't like to hear when guys say, oh yeah, I'm going to count my calories. I'm going to eat in a calorie deficit. It doesn't work guys. It doesn't work, especially in the long term. It may work initially, but it does not work in the long term because a calorie is not a calorie. A calorie is just a number. It's a unit. So you can't just count your calories every day and be like, yeah, I'm going to eat uh, this many calories and I'm going to lose this much weight. If that was the case, a 200 pound person who eats in a deficit and, and is supposed to lose a pound a week, after 200 weeks, he would go from 200 pounds to zero pounds. But it doesn't work like that. What's actually going to happen is he eats in a deficit. His metabolic rate is going to drop. So eventually he's going he's to lose weight and then he's going to stall. And then what's going to end up happening is he's probably going to gain most of that back. And that happens with Weight Watcher diets and all these calorie deficit diets where you're counting calories, counting points, whatever. The people, they might lose some weight initially. Weight Watchers gets, gets paid because you get, they get paid for how much weight you lose. And then those people just gain everything back. So it's just a roller coaster ride, just like someone who competes, how they fluctuate their weight up and down. So if you really want to lose weight, a calorie deficit diet, that's the Cliff's notes, in my opinion, will not work for you in the intermediate and long term. <sighs> that's a mouthful. Rick, what, what do you think about this topic? Yeah, the, <clears throat> those higher percentage points in body fat, those are the easiest ones to lose. So if you're in the, in the teens or low 20s or, or in the high teens, middle teens, those are the easiest ones to lose. Once you start scratching the single digits, it's just a dance of, of staying lean and your muscles not flattening out, staying lean and not losing all your mass. And that's when really uh, the need for anabolics and steroids, uh, SARMs, peptides, uh, supplements, that's when all that need is, is – that's when you really are trying to – to work that balance. So yeah, the, the lower you get, the harder it is going to be to lose, to lose that, that weight and, and make it, and make it just fat loss and not start to, to lose muscle. So it's, it's very common, very normal. Your body tries to adjust. So if you're caloric deficit and you're coming down, your body's going to adjust. If you're prepping for a competition, weight class stuff, who knows, right? Then you just need some steroids and continue to, to work out while you are on a caloric deficit. If you're trying to, to just look good, then you need to just address everything from maybe water retention to diet to, you know, some people that maybe have a little bit of trouble getting their midsection to, to come in. How about doing heavy fiber, like 40, 50 grams of fiber a day for, for a couple of months and see how, see what that, that does to your midsection. Um, and yeah, I mean, just once you once you start to get into the teens, it you have to get a lot more scientific about your approach, about what you put in your body, and about uh, how you diet down. I mean, getting from the low twenties to the teens and body fat down, that's easy. Once you get nine eight percent, then things begin to get really uh, really interesting, and your body is trying to to adjust. And if you cut calories down. Uh, and you don't do it the right way, your body will just survive and work with less calories. And it'll just keep doing that. Uh, so you have to get real, real creative once you, once you get that low. Wouldn't you agree? You know, I just want to be clear too, guys, um, some of these vegans out there and some of these people who 
who live to like 100 years old, they actually have a very low caloric intake every day, but their bodies have adjusted. They adjusted to that. So they're basically, they have very, very efficient bodies. They can eat a lot less food than a lot of other like Americans, for example, who have incredible, incredibly sick bodies, incredibly bad gut health and stuff. So I want, I still want people to confuse what we're saying. Um, I'll give you an example. Like I know one guy, he eats pretty much like uh, half a papaya for lunch and he eats like berries for dinner or in some nuts. That's his diet pretty much every day. He eats fruit and some nuts for lunch and then fruits and nuts for dinner. And he has, ex he's extremely healthy. This guy's like in his eighties. Like you wouldn't even think he, he looks like he's in his forties. I mean, he's like, he's, he does yoga every day. He runs every day and he has extremely efficient body he has gut health. So you can survive on that. Like that's human body is an amazing thing. You have a very efficient body, but if you're a, a bodybuilder and you're a big meathead and you eat 10 meals a day, you're going to train your body to be very, very inefficient. Um, Rich Piana, who, uh, you know, rest in, you know, rest in peace, RIP, Rich Piana, he had, he had a very sick body because he was eating so much food from the time he woke up, the time he went to sleep, nonstop, eight, nine, 10 meals a day. He had a very inefficient body. And he actually, I bet you he was very mineral deficient and vitamin deficient in his body because of that. So it's the body will adjust. Like Rick said, we evolved, we survived for 2 million years through famine and wars, sicknesses, plagues, uh, fam you know, famines, droughts, climate change, fires, you know, we, you know, we, they, they used to come and wipe out, burn entire villages down, burn everyone's crops, burn their houses down. People had no food for days, for weeks, for months, and they still managed to survive. Um, so, you know, that's why, that's why our bodies adjust. So you can adjust you can make that decision um, if you want an efficient body or an inefficient body. You can make that decision too. If you want to just like do these silly 500 calorie a day diets that don't work. And then I see people doing these 500 calorie a day diets. They eat two slices of pizza. That's their diet for the day. You're not, it's just not going to work guys. So you need to get on a good proper diet and, and uh, you know, do all this stuff. You can get in touch with me for a one-on-one -on -one consultation, by the way, and I can help you turn your inefficient body into an efficient body. So you can always hit me up on the forum, Steve SMI. I'll be happy to work with you on that. Next one um, is going to be an interesting one. Uh, test gel versus injectables for long-term cruise or TRT. So I'm going to bring in Rick on this one first. Rick, have you tried the gels before? And what is your opinion on them? What's the pros and cons? I like the gels. They're easy to apply. They're uh, no injections. Uh, and you can get other interesting compounds on, on the gels too. So I, I actually enjoy the gels quite a bit. Um, I think, look, I don't, you know, if you're on TRT already and you can get that script from the doc uh, for good human-grade testosterone, just get it. Um, the gels are, are easier to come by. You can even find some good over-the-counter stuff that works. Um, uh, and to, and to testoderm that uh, we'll have available for sale in the next couple of weeks is a good one. And if you can, you can even stack that up with what your doctor uh, is going to give you. 
So anytime that you can get legal human grade testosterone, get it. You know, don't just go through the procedure, go through the doctor, get the script, you know, and it's, it's just the best way to go. So um, for talking about long term, I would I would do both. <laughs> I'd get my shot from the doctor and then I'd, I'd put on some uh, some testoderm or or some other uh, form that I could uh, that I that I liked, and I would stack them both together, man. Look, if you're already in that route, just do that. I personally, I haven't put myself on TRT yet. I haven't given up the fight, so I'll come off of. I'm off probably nine months out of the year nowadays. Eight months out of the year, I'm off. Just taking test boosters, insulin modulators, just keeping up with my my supplement grind, fasting, and just staying training. So, but when I do make the jump when I do uh, decide that it's time to just be on TRT. I'm definitely gonna work with both, use both the testosterone shots and the and the gel. Uh, probably be on the shots year round, and then use the gel almost as as little cycles in there to help me make some progress. Yeah, so I looked up some statistics on it. It's really hard to find the statistics of how many people are are doing the gels versus how many people do injectables. Um, but there's definitely a trend more now away from the gels. I can remember like 10, 15 years ago, a lot of people were doing the androgel to test them. Um, and the way those work is you would apply them every day. Usually people will do it in the, in the morning after their shower. And then you have to let it absorb. Um, and you have to be careful that didn't get any, on anyone. And it was kind of a hassle, you know, having to do that um, versus just injecting once a week, boom, you're done you know, half a CC of SIP or, or E once a week, um, we'll get the job done. So it really boils down. A lot of people don't want to keep, you know, needles in the house. A lot of people don't want needles around their kids and they don't want their wife freak out about it, whatever. So they'll get the script for the gel. Other people will do the injectables. Um, if done correctly, you know, they, they, they're nothing wrong with the gels. Um, you know, they do, they do the job just fine. So it's just a matter of personal preference. My personal preference is definitely I'd rather just like inject myself once a week than having to apply something on me every day. I just feel like, um, you know, I'll forget to do it or I'll, um, you know, I'm, I won't be home in the morning. Some, sometimes I get up, I, gotta, I like to go run errands in the morning. I like to go to the gym. Sometimes I just forget, you know, so it just depends on your lifestyle, but um, it's definitely like there's pros and cons to, to both. It just depends on your lifestyle. I like doing the gels because I like having little little routines and it just becomes part of my uh, shower routine. So, you know, I'll, after my shower, do shower twice a day, right? Because we train. So I just get out of the shower, put on the, your hand flame around my midsection, put on the letrozone around my, my chest and uh, and to transfer the arm on my shoulders and that's i don't know it's just part of my, my thing you know I, I like to listen to relaxing music and just have the, these little moments with myself where i'm out of the shower where i you know just kind of groom a little bit and put on my put on my creams and i that's also a time that i take some of my supplements too i keep uh part of my pill organizers out, out on in my bathroom and i have some some of the supplements i take at those times too so I, I, I like the gels. I really, they're very effective. Uh, topicals are extremely effective. And uh, if you have the right, the right compounds, the right hormones, I mean, it's just a, a really nice way to deliver 
those hormones, those ingredients uh, without without the shots. And and it's you know real consistent. I, I mean, I really really enjoy them. All right, guys. So we like to end the show uh, usually with a relationship question. So this is a good one. He wants to know why he's not having success getting second dates. So obviously there's something going on either, you know, during the date or after the date where he's not securing that second date. And, um, you know, I'd say guys, you know, Rick and I are going to have, um, probably differing opinions on this because Rick is more old, old school. Um, you know, I try to be as much old school as I can too, but I know that, you know, in years prior before, you know, the internet age really blow, blew up where people are meeting themselves on, on, on websites and stuff, social media and all that, uh, and, and apps, you would be basically, you know, you'd ask a girl out, you'd be like, Hey, you want to do something Friday night or you want to do something Saturday night? You'd ask her out like on Monday or Tuesday. And then she'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Pick me up. And then that day you'd go pick her up. You wouldn't even like talk to her the rest of the week. You, you just go pick her up. You go out, you have a good time, whatever. And then afterwards you wouldn't even like call her anything for like a week, maybe even two weeks. And then you call her up one day again on a Monday or Tuesday, be like, Hey, you want to hang out Friday night? She'd be like, okay. And you take her out again and the process continues. You can like groom her over the course of weeks or months nowadays. And I've done it, you know, online dating. Now it's changed. Now you, you, you talk to someone online and it's like, boom, you know, you want, you let's, let's get together for, you know, for a drink tonight or for lunch today. It's fast. It's very fast paced because if you don't act on it fast, that girl's getting messaged by 50 other guys by tomorrow. So you can't be like, Hey, let's go out Friday night. Let's go out Saturday night. Cause by then she's going to be talking to 200 different guys. She's going to forget about you, you know? So things have changed a lot. So one of the prime problems why you're not getting a second date is because you're out on that first date. You got to nail that first date. And then by the end of that first date, you got to let her know, Hey, I'm interested in you and I want to see you again. You can't be like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And then not talk to her for like three, four days. She's going to forget about you. She's got a hundred other guys messaging her. So my, what's worked for me uh, very much and what's not worked for me is that, is that I basically tell the girl on the date and like, look, I, I think you're awesome. I want to see you again. Let's do something Wednesday. You know, don't be like, let's do something two weeks from now. It's got to be sometime in the next few days. So you keep her interest. And then when you get home, you fucking text her. Be like, hey, I had a great time. Look forward to seeing you. And then the next day you text her again. You know, you don't chase after her too much, but you've got to at least engage her and keep in communication with her until that next date. And it sucks. I hate that. I hate doing that shit. But you have to kind of claim her right away because, like I said, she's getting bombarded by all these other fucking losers online nonstop. And I, I've dated women online. They show me their account. They're, like, getting bombarded. One girl, she, um, she showed me her account. She had, like, 50 messages just in one day. And three messages were from one guy. The same fucking guy was messaging her three times in the same day basically copy pasting the same message because he's just going and just messaging every other girl on there. So that's what these desperate ass guys do. So you're competing against that. 
So my, my opinion on this is definitely claim that girl when you, when you go out. Don't be like where it was 20 or 30 years ago where you could just take your time and groom a girl and build that romance over the course of three months where she's sitting by the phone waiting for some guy to call her for a date. Things have changed. She's getting 50, 100 messages an hour now from guys. So you better, you better speed up your game. And that would make a big difference if you get a second date or not. Rick, what's your opinion? Completely disagree. How did I know that was coming? <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Steve. When you go out with a girl on a first date, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your game plan? What's your, what's your rap? What, what, do, you, what do you tell her? What, how, how do you... How do you kick it to her? What do you, what do you do? Like what's, what's the, when you were single man, what was the, the go-to Steve stuff? Dude, I would just be like, look, you know, I'm just trying to get to know her, man. Like get to know, I'm, I'm trying to identify like those two or three things we have in common. And I'm trying to identify, I'm trying to nail getting to see her again, whatever we identify that we both like to do. I'm nailing that second day. By the end of the day, it's like, okay, yeah, you like going to a hockey game. That's going to be our second day. We're going to go to a hockey game. You like to go um, bowling. That's going to be our second day. We're going to go bowling. You like to go to the park and have a picnic. That's going to be our second day or beach, whatever. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get to know, you know, what we like to do together. I'm trying to, my game plan on that first day is to nail that second day. It's not to, not to groom her and take my time so some other guy can come along and, and steal her. Why, why is she trying to do that with you? Why, why do you have to work so hard? No, it's not working hard. It's just like letting her know, yeah, that I'm not fucking around, that I'm interested. I'm not going to go on a date and just act like, ah, I'm, I'm not interested in you. I'm just here, you know, just for the hell of it. I'm letting her know. I'm, I'm look. I'm letting her know if I'm into her on the date, and I plan to see her again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure she understands that by the end of the date. But if I'm not interested in seeing her again, I'm just not. I'm just not gonna act like I'm interested. I'm not gonna even book a second date. I'm just gonna like be like, you know, it was nice meeting you. That's it. Maybe, maybe I'll drop her a text. Make sure she got home okay. But I'm not gonna like pursue it any further if I'm not interested. But if I'm interested, I'm gonna. I'm not going to just like ignore her for four days. Like some of these guys say so that some other guy can come around and, and get her. She's going to be like, why, you know, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Dude, I'm telling you things have changed. You can't do that shit anymore. You can't like wait three, four days to text a girl. That's not going to, that's not going to fly with women these days. Well, it depends why you don't text her for three days. That depends a lot. Whether, because if you don't text her for three days because you're legitimately worried about your shit, about your mission in life, about doing all your things, you might just naturally forget to talk to someone or, or everyone. But if you're sitting there playing games, you know, you, you don't text her for three days and you're watching fucking House of Cards and Netflix or whatever it is people do, right? Then, yeah, you're a fool. It you tell me you can't, you're so busy, you can't fucking like pick up your phone and text. It takes like two seconds. That women know this. Women are like, why is this fucking guy like messaging me? Like, what? He's like, he's, 
he's he, he can't fucking pick up his phone message. They're gonna wonder what the fuck's wrong with I him. I could you could be on the phone all day, but if you have a mission in life and you, and you have things to to get to and resolve, you might you might just forget for a day or two to say anything. Um, look, here's what I think. And it's, look, first of all, when you go out on a first date, you want to get a second date, right? Going back to the, to the question. Um, when you go on a second, on a first date, don't, 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 don't ever feel like you have to lay any cards on the table, lay anything down. Just don't, no, no, just cut it out. Just ask her about herself and genuinely be interested and genuinely remember women hate nothing more than for them to tell you something then you go and forget you get into this deep conversation about whatever i'm I'm afraid of clowns or you know my mom's allergic to peanuts or whatever and then you go and you fuck it up and you forget all about it and you somehow they hate that so that's not genuine interest you're going to just ask her about her and keep the conversation on her and anything, anything about you just don't be dodgy or anything just you don't have to reveal much about yourself it's okay to keep yourself a mystery like it's fine you're not you know you're not lying about yourself you just you want her to un, to earn unraveling you and earn getting to know you don't lay anything ever on the table you want to if you want to get that second date you want to learn as much as you can about her keep her talking and just ask her everything and remember it and then just try not to Unravel yourself. If you find yourself talking about yourself for too long, just cut it out and just get back to her or something else. And, and then, uh, um, you know, we, we, at this point, everybody should be on social because it's become part of everybody's business and everybody's life. Whatever it is you do for work, chances are you need to be on social to deal with customers or, or, you know, drum up business or whatever it is you're doing. I think most of us kind of, if you are, you know, we got this podcast. We're trying to, you know, um, get a message out to people and and build a community of like-minded people. So we're we're all out there, reachable. So when you get back, you talk to her on social, a little like here and there. Hey, what's up? Uh, you already went out on a date with her, so you're not just some creep creeping on her on 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 Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and just. Just set up the date, like Steve said. You're absolutely right. So, something, a common interest. And just keep her talking. Don't lay any cards on the table about nothing. If you have a crazy ex, don't don't talk about it. If you, you know, just whatever your situation is, just don't, just cut it out. Let her talk about herself. And women just love talking about themselves. They really do, about their feelings, about how they feel about things. And just don't be combative about anything and just get, get to know them. And genuinely, if you, if you, if you really like her and you want to make a relationship out of it and you want to see this girl and she might be marriage material down the line, just ask her everything that you possibly can about herself. Um, when you interact with her, make sure you build the, the comp, the, the connection around those things. Steve's absolutely right. And, and just, uh, and as far as um, getting back to her and all these things, like I said, man, if you're about your mission in life, if you have things going on, if you're, you know, if you're doing things, you know, if you have a job and a side hustle and uh, you're starting a business and you do volunteer work or you have, you know, children you take care of or whatever it is. Um, I mean, it shows, it shows when you're doing big, important things 
and you can you can say hi to somebody or send somebody a meme um and that's that's enough for the day like you can do that with a girl you don't have to say hi just say up oh, thought about you look at this meme i ran across and just hit it and something like that uh and as far as i mean look the main thing and i always get back to this you want to get a second date like you have to you have to be focused on your goals on, on bettering yourself, your situation, everything around you with it, just the way you look physically, the way your bank account looks, the way your, 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 your relationships with other people around you work. And you should just be about that mission every single day. And as long as you're being, you know, the best person you can be for yourself, some, somebody wonderful will, will, will come along. But that's got to come first. And yeah, you can forget to talk to someone for three days. Absolutely. Especially now, game before tax season. Of course, you can absolutely, absolutely forget someone uh, some, to talk to a girl for three days, especially if you just met her. You know, it, it can and does happen. And if you're that guy, then she should want to earn a little of, of that place in your life. That's another thing as men you can never do. Don't, even if you like her a lot, even if you think she's marriage material, don't let her know she's got you. Like trying to tell her that, oh, don't, you know, I'm not playing games. I'm serious with you. And she hasn't kind of earned it. She's done nothing really to, to, to earn that. You're just kind of ready. You can't do that. Even if that's your intention, it'll, it'll turn her off and she won't even be able to explain to you why it turns her off. But that's, I mean, you, you took the whole mystery out of it. She didn't have to earn, earn you. She didn't. It, you just completely ruined it for her. What could have been a great relationship, a good connection, everything. You just ruined it by putting yourself on a silver platter that way. I you think, I, I think though, 20 years ago, like you ever watched Love Connection from the 80s? You ever watch that show Love Connection, Rick? I don't really watch television. I've never watched No, it's an television. old show when we were kids. It was Love Connection. People go out on dates. Let me see. Let me, I'm trying to remember. Oh, now I remember. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. They would go on dates. If you were back in those days, your strategy would work beautifully. Like, but I'm telling you, the, the problem is now, like, if you don't get back to a girl after a date for three days, she's going to think this guy isn't interested. You know what she's going to do after the first day? She's going to just move on, bro. She's going to forget about you. You text her after three days, she won't even respond. Been there. Been there, done that, man. Listen, man. Especially with online dating. If you're online dating, bro, she's um, getting bombarded with people. Listen, you can – I don't mean don't, don't contact someone for three days. Like I said, if you're on social, you can send somebody a meme. You can – if they put up a story on, the, on their Instagram, you can send them a, a thumbs up, a kiss. I mean, that's enough. She can engage further at that point and get talkative with you. But, you know, look, who's not, who doesn't have an Instagram account? And you probably have this person you just met on Instagram. Maybe they throw up a story, just a little thumbs up. You don't have to make it a step, a stop and chat every time. Let her initiate that. And again, you don't let her initiate that because you're sitting there playing games. Let her initiate that because you're busy getting going on what you need to get going. Uh, on your mission in life and you know if she wants to get talkative or she wants to talk about the next time you're going to meet let it be that you have to kind of pause something you're doing whether you're reading up on a book or something you need to be reading up on or messing with you know with 
you know, whatever with what you need to do for your, for your business, for your job. Um, it, it's gotta be real. You know, if you sit there and play games and you're this, this person and you're like sitting there, you know, binging on, on Netflix series and you're not really, you're not real. It's, um, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And, and you don't have to be, you don't have to talk to her all the time. And if there's also a little bit of that meant to be component, you know, if, if you go out on a nice date with her, have a good time, ask her about herself, you genuinely care and you remember everything she's told you about herself and you make plans and make comments and, and structure maybe the, your interaction with her around those things. And it should, the rest should, should start to happen kind of naturally. If she's just too hot and just too distracted with too many guys on social, then it maybe wasn't meant to be. Maybe we, we might just need to let this one go, Steve. <laughs> we might we might just need to let her go on down the line because not everybody not everybody's like that. Not every beautiful girl that gets a hundred messages from guys really cares that, that she gets that. Most, you know, they, they shouldn't. No one should. No that's like but rig that's like wait okay if you're a realtor and you got a home for sale and every time someone but so you're saying the pussy's for sale what are you trying no, to no, say no 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 my, my point is if you're a realtor but it's different because that's a business then if you got if you got if you got that many people if you're a realtor you have that many people talking to you then you're the perfect guy who might not be able to get back to a chick for three days look no, no, it doesn't matter. I'm saying, no, my point is if you're a realtor, you got a house for sale. You wait three days to get back to people who are interested in that house. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to be, by the time you get back to them, they're going to be already putting an offer on a different house. You're if, never going to sell a house that if way. You, if you made a good impression and you're somebody that's, that's worth it, then it, she shouldn't get distracted by just anyone. That's hard, man. That's hard because... You know, like I said, like 20 years ago, you're the only guy she talked to for the entire month. But now she's talking to so many guys, especially if she has social media. So just be the best one she's met out of the lot. Yeah. But okay. Dude, we're like average men, though. We're not like we're not like Ben Affleck or Brad Pitt. That's that's speak, my thing. Speak for yourself. It doesn't. Look, it's not all physical. It, it's, not, it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not all physical. Listen, women love men. Women also like like good looking men, but um, you know what? It's it's not it's not everything. To women, it's not everything. To us men, looks are are most of it. It, it, it to some men. But to women, it's, it's, it's different. It's not all they value. And yeah, you can make yourself more attractive. Or like, attractive. like today with, with uh, one of the questions, oh, I don't feel like working out when I'm not on, on juice. Well, whenever motivation is a lack and discipline is in there. So just be disciplined. Start off with that. You know, if you're, listen, if you're having problems getting like a good, a good uh, a mate, start with yourself. If you can't find somebody that's worth it, ask yourself, am I worth it? Am I worth a damn? And then you, if you start off with that question, everything else will fall into place. You just can't get desperate, can't get lonely. Uh, you can't expect for it to happen today. And you might spend a couple of years working on yourself, working yourself out of bad situations you put yourself in before you can even be worth it, before you can even wait to get started meeting someone that's worth it. But life goes on. And in, in five years, you can either continue down the road you're in right now or you could have become the person that's worth it and already have maybe your pick of 
a bunch of women that you don't even know exist today. And, and today maybe wouldn't even pay attention to you because you're not that guy. You know what I mean? And that's just, all you can do is just work on yourself and you can't control women who want a guy that's, you know, six, six, two and blue eyes. You can't control that because we don't look like that. But what if she wants somebody who's just not fucking stupid? <laughs> you know what I mean? What if she wants somebody who's just realistic and actually does care and somebody who doesn't make, make excuses and somebody, you know, what about that? That's worth something too. I kind of, I kind of, um, you know, one of the things too that I noticed too, cause I have friends that do online dating and stuff. Um, like one of the big problems too, guys and women both do this is they over, over, over rate themselves on these, uh, dating sites. Like example, men tend to lie about their height. They lie about how much money they have. They lie about this stuff. So you go on a date, you're lying about your height. She's going to see how tall you are. If you lie about how much money you make, she's going to see what car you drive. She's going to know you're full of shit. You say you make 250000 a year and you're driving a fucking Ford Focus. She's, she's going to know that you're probably full of shit. Um, and then on women, what do women lie about? They lie about their age. They lie about, they put pictures from when they were in, you know, college and they're like 30, now 35. So if you're a woman and you're doing that and you go on a date and I've, I've been through this and you know, I'll go on a date with this girl. She doesn't even look like her pictures. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, I, like literally you put up. Fake <laughs> <You got catfished. laughs> like, she you puts got up cat. pictures from like 10 years ago. You know, that's cat. <laughs> you know? And it's like, what's the point? So yeah, you're not going to get a second date. If you do that on a first, you know, if that's your first, I don't, strategy. I don't use, I don't use Tinder online dating, any of that stuff. I don't do any of that. I think that's, I mean, I, some people have success with that, but that, that's, I don't, I don't do that. I mean, that's, that's a big one. So I think, I think. Have you done Tinder? Or, well, no, because you. you mm -mm. I mean, not, I've not done the apps before. No, I've done, done some, the apps. I've done a couple of dating websites, but never done the apps. I don't I like, think, the, look, I don't like I the dating think, websites either. I don't I like the dating websites. The number one, I think the number one thing to get started, to have success on any date before you even get started going on the date is you have to just be happy, fine and dandy being, being single and being alone. Once you've, once you're okay with that and you're not desperate to get into a relationship or looking to get into, once you're good with that, then everything else will fall back into place. And then you, you won't be up, you know, you won't be up, you won't be awkward. You won't be worried about your height or, you know, or your weight or whatever it is else that you're worried about. Cause you're right being single and I mean, you're goody and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And that's it. You know, I think, I think a lot of the issues that dudes run into with, with dating and stuff is you just, you kind of feel like you need to get into something and that's the wrong way to get started about it. Just want to meet good people um, and go out there and just hang out with, with girls and listen to them and just have fun and then see what, how things fall into play. And sometimes if you're open to it, you'll find somebody wonderful and sometimes you don't find wonderful people, but you can't, you just can't be desperate. That's all. My opinion, you just can't. Like if you're sitting there worried about a second date at too, too early on, I mean, how about this person earns your time and how about, you know, you let them, let them earn it a little bit too. 
yeah, yeah. Don't worry about your second date for sure. Like, don't like be like, oh, I need to get a second date with this person. It's more of a valid. You're you're validating that she's into you by worrying about that. You're on that date with her as it is. So take advantage of that time you have with her. And then at the end of the date, then you can worry about the second date. And like, let's face it too. A lot of times, if you ask a girl at the end of a first date, be like, hey, you know, you want to hang out again? It's just, she'll say yes, but she really does just doesn't want to tell you no, because maybe she's, you know, too much of a coward to tell that to your face. So she'll- maybe, maybe I'm old school, but it's worked for me. You know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an older guy and I'm 40. I'm, I'm not, I'm not good looking. Um, old, but you know, I've had. That's Robert, not true, by the way. Guy, had, Rick is good looking. Rick's full of shit. I'm looking <laughs> at him right now. I, I've had romance, just beautiful romance with probably more beautiful women than most of you guys out there will ever wet dream about. Um, and, and I've had, and I've got kids with two also beautiful, beautiful women. And um, it's just, it's never, you know, not being, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't, you just have to, you just got to be worth it. You have to be worth it before you even ask yourself if this person, that person, everybody else is worth it. You have to ask yourself, are you worth it? And, and if you can be happy with being alone and get up every day to work on yourself, man, you just, you won't be able to keep them off you. You know, if you, if you, if you don't call or you don't, engage them in conversation all day because you're doing shit because you're getting fucking things accomplished and, and it's and it shows it'll show even if you're even if you're investing time in now and, and you're not reaping the rewards yet it'll it'll just show in your demeanor when you do get around them it'll just show in the way you deal with people around you from the waiter to to uh to the upper guy to the guy on the upper it'll just show to even when you guys go out and you have a mission in life, you're not going to overdrink. You're not going to want to stay up too late unless you guys are going to have a, have some intimacy. I mean, you won't just be this, this desperate guy that's just willing to hang out and overdrink. And, you know, you have things to do. You got, it'll just show, you know, again, you know, and you don't have to have all the rewards right now. You can just be investing into, into something new that you're doing and, and maybe be financially broke at the moment. It doesn't matter, but you're working it. You're doing it. You're, you're, you're out there getting it, getting it done. And, and the time where your time is invested, it just shows because of the kind of person it builds you into. And that's, that's the way to get as many second dates as you want. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you really, Women can sniff a guy who's insecure and not confident. They can sniff a guy like that from a mile away. So a lot of times, like, look, if it's not working on first date, I mean, I would be curious to know whoever wrote this in to uh, get back. You can't have, you can't display feminine traits. All of that. If you're a man, you can't be insecure. You can't act that way. It'll, it'll set alarms off and she'll, she'll stop feeling you. She'll stop liking you. And she won't even be able to explain to you why you can't, you you have to leave a lot of those feminine traits to that to the female you're trying to court so you can't you know if you're having problems if you're having issues you can't sit there and go complain about them like like you want to be listened to and you know she's if you're especially unless she's your wife man she's not your shoulder to cry on and even then i wouldn't say don't cry on your wife's shoulder all right 
but yeah, if you're just needing this person, you don't, you, you're, you're not going to tell them about everything that's wrong and how bad it makes you feel. That's, that's not the person to talk to about it at all. My opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really boils down to, like I said, I, I like to know exactly, you know, what happened on a date. If you're not identifying like what's going on, then that's, I think that's step one. Whoever wrote this in, I like to know, like you have to identify what went wrong and, um, you know, just to see like what the hell happened. I've, I've actually reached out to women when I haven't gotten second dates. I've asked them, you know, Hey, why, you know, why don't we have a second date? And they've actually, <laughs> Rick's like, hey, <laughs> no, just to see, just to see what they would say. I reached out to girls that I used to date in the past relationships with. I'm like, look, can you tell me what I did wrong? Like some of my, <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to get better if you don't find this out? It's right? the, you know what? It's the worst person to ask, but go ahead. So, so what answers have you received? No, I had one girl say that you had a, I had a temper. So I was like, fuck, you know what? I was like, fuck, that's fucking true. I was like, fuck, I got to work on that. And I worked on that. That was like five years ago. I worked on that shit. I don't have a temper anymore. No, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that because I blame the trend. Women, 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 like when you, when you get mad at other men, women, it turns them on whether you, that's why women love fighters. Um, that's why women love um, rock stars. I mean, it does. It just maybe you, 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 ha your temper, maybe you lost control. You, you, you displayed maybe a little bit of, of not control over your emotions a little bit. And that might've set her off, but rage and bad temper at the right time. Oh man. There's nothing that turns them on more than that. So you, you, she probably felt like it, you weren't in, or her in particular, maybe felt you weren't in full control of your, of your emotions there, but we had some, some club at your PCT or something. Yeah. And that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's what it, it is women love to yeah, it's interesting, uh, you know, hearing that, hearing that stuff. Um, I mean, you get, I think, I think at the the bottom line is though, uh, you know, you gotta like, you know, you gotta like kind of, you know, just figure out what you're doing wrong in that first date. Like, it could be, you could say, I'm telling you, like women, they know, they fucking listen to everything. You could say one wrong thing on a first date, one wrong that, thing. That's why and you don't sit, hold that's, against you. That's why you don't. The the way to play the game is not to sit there and put your cards on the table. And I only say play the game because uh, you're, you know, you want you want this person as a girlfriend, or or maybe you just want her as a as somebody casual. I mean, just you're upfront about it. You tell them what you expect, what you'd like to see, what kind of things you'd like to see happen, but. Just don't lay your cards on the table about every problem that's going on in your life. Ask her and just ask her about her. And I think, you know, as things, as things progress, she'll learn more about you, but you don't have to lay everything out on the line. It's probably not the best way to get started. All right, guys. So yeah, um, guys, just so, send this in guys, any first date disaster dates or whatever. And we'll, 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 we'll talk about it on, on this podcast, send in some, some more, you know, for, look for you guys out there listening. We, um, you know, we do the, the questions about steroids first. Um, and then we just kind of sit here and shoot the shit about dating and, and stuff like that. Cause it's just fun stuff that guys like to talk about in, in locker rooms and shit. I mean, 
every sport that I've played, you know, we're either talking about the sport itself or we're talking about girls <laughs> to some degree. It's just a fun topic. So for you guys that just care about the, the, the steroid information and diet and training, that's the first half of the podcast. You get that already. Also, uh, when we do the, the compound podcast, which are the even numbers, we don't do any, any kind of dating stuff. But for you guys that like to listen to me and Steve shoot the shit and talk about girls and dating and, and some of this stuff that's uh, more, more art than science, <laughs> I think um, you guys can, you know, can hang on after the, the Q&A and listen because we're always going to try to have some kind of relationship question at the end of every show so we can just shoot the shit a little bit and maybe uh, make some of you guys laugh, laugh a little bit out there. So, um, all right, that's it. Hey, so what's up, Steve? Let it up. Yeah, guys, uh, Evolution at Word podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep the questions coming. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.